to become who we want to be as individuals. And at the end of the day, that's going to help us be a successful offense. And a man, one-on-one coverage because the safety rolls to Jefferson's side. Jordan Love hit me up the night of the draft, you know, just congratulating me, letting me know it's time to work. Um, A.J. Dillon was open arms. Hot Rock caught a ball with his thighs. We didn't yeah. talk about that. It was more of with his ass. If he throws a good ball, this is a running, catching touchdown untied. Like, if KP does, like, these flips after every win, and I'm, like, just waiting for him to do his flip. You know that we still love each other? That's what football brings us. Across the safety's face. You can tune in anywhere that you guys follow us on social media. Welcome to the Practice Squad Podcast, episode 57. My name is John. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark. And we are looking at the NFL Week 1 in the rear view at this point. All of that hype leading up to it. And Mark, I don't know about you, but I think it lived up to the hype for me. Crazy start to the NFL season. So much to talk about this episode. Uh, college football had a few exciting things happen too. I'm super excited to get into it. How are you doing? Uh, the script was was written pretty well, I think. I think they did a pretty damn good job to start to start the season off, set the tone. Um, some amazing games, some big time overreactions probably after week one, but that's what it's for. Um, and I can't wait to get into it. Absolutely. And also we need to bring in now, I I think a three-time guest. So official friend of the most most popular recurring guest, right? Just audience loves them. Can't get enough of the guy. So of course, you know, got to bring him on. Joseph Ben Gross. Joseph Ben Gross. And know that we don't know boys. boys. Joe was, uh, Joe was at, Arrowhead Stadium, or is it Goffhead? Was it Goffhead? Did they change the name while you were there still, or, or when you it's were leaving? Goffhead. It might we be Goffhead now. Over. But he was in-house representing Detroit Lions there uh, in that awesome upset win. We'll get into that in a second. Um, but we want to do some exciting announcements and some college football talk before we get into the Lions. Cause... Yeah, so exciting announcement, which, man, we have been working on this for like two months now, so I'm finally excited to unveil it. But the merch line is getting an update. And so our plan here is to get a dedicated T-shirt for every single team in the NFL. And we didn't think what better division to start it off with than kind of the home division, the NFC North. So we are launching next week. It will be up on our website, the NFC North merch line. And just to show you guys what we're dealing with here. So this is the Bears one. Um, And obviously, if you are from Chicago, you will see quite a lot of uh, things paying homage, be it, you know, refrigerator, Sears Tower, all that good stuff. The bowl. Rings, the the rings. Yep. Six rings. Um, Dicka. Dicka, shout out to uh, Evan Pulaski too. He is the artist behind all four of these designs, and I thought he absolutely crushed them. Obviously, for us Detroit fans, uh, and look personally, biggest thing I'm excited about right here. If you're from Detroit, I'm sure you recognize know that very well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it holding the uh, the Bears head and the uh, the Vikings head goes hard. Um, another fun one for Green Bay. You got Vince Lombardi in the middle. Vince Lombardi in the middle. You got the quarterbacks, legendary. You got the uh, Milwaukee Bucks and then the Wisconsin Badgers. And then we got our our Minnesota Vikings one um, with their ship being U.S. Bank Stadium, too. So Iconic um, Randy Moss moon. Yes. (laughs) These will all be on the back of the merch. We're going to also probably do a couple different variations of them. You'll be able to get them. 
in white, black, or like kind of like a beige tan color because you know the neutrals are in right now. And we updated the practice squad logo to kind of go on the front, uh, you know, kind of like my t-shirt on the breast right here, um, matching the colors. So we're pretty stoked on this and we appreciate everybody's patience as we've kind of been working to get this out. Um, Joe, first impression while you're here being pretty much the first person to see it other than Mark and I. Love it. Love it. Uh, first question I have is should Fields be on that Bears one? Oh, no. Hell oh, no. after that performance, hell no. <laughs> I'll tell you hey. what, Bears fan, Bears fans should be worried. Worried, worried. However, I like We're... the merch. Merch looks good. I'm going to have to get me some Lions merch. I'll tell you that for sure. Hell yeah, let's go. Um, but yeah, we're super stoked on it. And also we updated the website too. So I feel like I should I should pop that open real quick too. Looking a lot cleaner yeah. than it previously did. So yeah. We'll It'll be updated with uh, the new designs too once they're, they'll be uh, officially, um, you can buy them on the website. We're looking at next week. So we wanted to show them to you guys. Obviously won't be able to purchase them till next week. We'll keep putting out reminders. We'll share it all over our social media accounts and stuff um, as soon as you can buy them. Yes, absolutely. Um, but we were, we were too excited to wait until next week. We had to show everybody what we were working on. Okay, so getting directly into football. Man, what do we want to talk about first? Probably, you know, the biggest upset in a while, Texas beating Alabama. That game was crazy, man. And, Texas you know, is, Texas is back. Texas, uh, be, right? Yeah, here's, the, here's the thing. This is, it's such a perfect singular game to show the transition of what college football is right now with the NIL, what we've been talking about all off season, how it's going to change football. How quickly is it going to change football? You see it happening now. It isn't, Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to take a couple years to kick in. It's happening now. Nick Saban's era of dominant of just pure domination across college football is over. We've seen him lose some questionable games the last few years. This one, probably the worst uh, considering it's a big 12 opponent, Texas coming into Tuscaloosa. And, and honestly, push them around and just it wasn't really that close of a game. I mean, Texas was the better team. It wasn't like it was a fluke. Um, Quinn Ewers is kind of a stud, might be a Heisman candidate. Texas is totally back, as Joe said. Um, but the biggest thing is there's a transition, right, with all these teams joining the conferences. Hey, how's Texas, Oklahoma going to be able to come into the SEC and compete? Well, how about coming in and taking down the king of SEC for the last you know decade and their first chance to play them in Tuscaloosa? So I think that's going to show you where college football is going. These teams that have money, AK Texas, that's that's going to be well, where. That's what I was going to say is uh, this is the take that I made, whatever, one week ago, where I think that NIL is more likely to level the playing field and make the competition tighter than it is to separate the team. You know, it's the the haves get, get richer, right? The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. I think it's the exact opposite. I think as long as there's a donor base at the school, which – most of these giant ass schools have large donor bases. That's all they're going to need to be bringing good athletes into their program. And it's going to be making every single team better. It's not just, you know, all of these kids going to the exact same school. That's, you know, number one in the conference. Yeah. Anymore. So, and it's um, also, it's also a point to say, obviously Steve Sarkeesian, a former coach for Nick Saban, not too often does his former coaches come back as head coaches to beat him. But Kirby Smart has had his number, and now Steve Sarkeesian has beat him. Um, that's probably not a great feeling for Saban to have the guys that you used to, you know, train and mentor come and beat you in your house. Um, but yeah. I think a passing the torch, we're seeing it. The Clemson era, the Alabama era, it's it's shifting, and and some of these other schools, Florida State, 
Colorado can be thrown into that hat. Um, sure. You're seeing a whole different era of college football. And uh, I would go as far. Go ahead, Joe. I would go as far as saying Texas is in the college football playoff. They have easily could be. They have they have two games on their schedule: Oklahoma at home and Kansas State at home. And you can lose one of those. You're now gonna get into the college football playoff with one loss and then a win in week two, or week on the road at Alabama. Could be. I would argue that they're in the playoff. And Florida State is another Florida State. Florida State. On that note, uh, Mark wanted me to pull up this play. This is Joe's boy. Yeah, Former Sp- ex-Spartan. Ex-Spartan. Joe's the type of guy that um, when someone leaves his team, he still roots for him. It's kind of weird. He's so it's good, like if bro. It's He's like if so your girlfriend dumps It's like if your girlfriend dumps you and goes and gets with some other guy. It's like you still root for it. You know what I mean? That's He's a kind freak of what show. Joe, Look at this guy. He's a total freak show, dude. I mean, this play, we got to run this play back a couple times because – as John so, said when I first showed him this, go ahead. Say what your first yeah, thought yeah. was, John. My, my favorite part about this play is that he makes the decision to hurdle this guy like five yards before he even gets there. There it, there wasn't a question in his mind. He made eye contact with him. Watch. Catches the ball, slows down, and then is like, no, nah, I'm hurdling this guy. This was <laughs> not a reaction. It wasn't a react. It wasn't a reaction. It was, I'm going to do this. <laughs> right. Which, that's, that's not how that plays out most of the time. So... That's is he awesome. in the Heisman talk, Joe? He might. Him I don't and Tra- know about. I his quarterback Jordan Travis might be. I mean, he had a freak game against LSU. Yeah, yeah. I mean, three toddies and then come back with another one. I mean, he's definitely right now, right here. I don't know if it's he'll withstand that all year. Um, but I mean, you no one can guard him on one-on-one coverage in all of college football. Um, that was apparent at Michigan State a year ago, two years ago, um, and he could start on their basketball team in november like he's that kind of talent yeah um definitely boosting his draft stock so far this season with florida state i mean i just i love the number of college football narratives there that's going on right now i feel like it's the most exciting right off the get-go that college football has been for years i've been saying this to mark like i really start paying attention like three or four weeks before the season ends usually I've been watching college football just as much as NFL because all of these games have been so exciting. Competition's been so much tighter. It's exactly what I was hoping for. So I'm really stoked on it personally. Um, and, you know, in other news, news too, uh, Mel Tucker, <laughs> I just had a, a Freudian slip there. Um, Mel Tucker, obviously, getting fired from Michigan State. A lot of messy stuff going on there. It's wild that Michigan State athletics can't seem to figure out this entire, like, sex scandal, sexual harassment situation. It's just kind of been, you know, a rotating door there with presidents and coaches and athletic directors. It's really messy. Um, Definitely not a good look. Kind of crazy that, you know, we're getting a similar crazy situation repeating with that. So, um, yeah, but what are your guys' thoughts on it? The toughest thing with it is no matter which way the story goes, because as it stands right now, there's a lot of questions in the air. Obviously, you never want to assume that someone's guilty. You want to see what, what happens and what plays out. But if what she's accusing is the truth. It's a horrible, horrible story. And I, I can explain like Brenda Tracy uh, is a rape survivor, rape victim back when she was a student at, um, it's a high school student visited Oregon state. She came to speak to our team. I still was playing at central Michigan goes on, tells her story. It's ter- It's a terrible, horrible story. Uh, very emotional. It's very moving though. And it, and it's impact is there's no doubt, right? You hear how brutal that story is and it, it, you know, it's going to inspire change. And it's good. the whole thing is as she goes school to school, telling this terrible story, um, going through it in her head over and over again, 
uh, is to prevent stuff like this from happening to anybody else. The fact that Mel Tucker would even see her as even a potential, you know, opportunity to try to pursue her in any sexual way at all is, I think, just terrible judgment. But if it is, um, you know, not consensual, that's just it's a horrible, horrible thing. Super so messed but, up. Yeah. I mean, on the, like on the contrary said. too, though, John, we've seen this before and I'm not saying this is what the case is, but if this is the case, what he's accusing is that she is targeting him because of some sort of falling out. Um, and she wasn't happy with whatever happened. And if she's accusing him falsely and ruining his life, right. And falsely accusing him if it was consensual, it's, it's, you know, you could argue it's just as bad because you're just, you're destroying a man's entire life. You're taking away his name. You're taking away everything he's ever stood for and worked for uh, on, a, on a false thing, if that's the case. And we've seen that happen before to yeah, draft picks in NFL. And, and it's just a terrible, it's just as bad to even the Bills punter, right? We've talked about him, right? Falsely yeah. accused. He got cut from the NFL. He lost his dream and everything he's ever worked for and was found, you know, not guilty a couple of years later. But it's too late. When you Google his name, what's the first thing that's going to pop up, you know? So, that's the kind of thing that, that we're dealing with here. It's not good either way. Um, yeah. And, and obviously, you know, like you said, uh, Mel Tucker posted a, a pretty lengthy um, statement, you know, trying to, I guess, not totally refute some of the claims, but I guess kind of say that the way in which they were characterized isn't fair to, to what actually happened. I struggle with it because I don't think Mel Tucker's the best judge of character just from other stuff, off-field stuff that, that he's done. Um, yeah. So it's it's messy. I, I thought them kind of name-dropping Jim Harbaugh in the middle of that, that really legal weird. statement was really weird, too. I don't know. Her, her what she how she's approaching it is kind of interesting, and then obviously how he's handled it. He he, he first said that, you know, he came out and said that they weren't true, and then he, he admitted to some of it, and then flip. He's they're both... Right. handling this very very weird it's it doesn't something doesn't seem right um john your conspiracy that you're kind of alluding to is the fact that michigan state wants tucker out and yeah. in order to do that cleanly they're gonna have to pay him a lot of money and if they have reason to fire which this would be um you know who knows right who knows what people are willing that's, to do that's my to conspiracy right now is that yeah. like the very i think this was supposed to be an internal kind of report thing whatever and Michigan State saw blood in the water, wasn't happy with him as a football coach, wanted him out of their organization and, you know, not attached to that massive contract they signed him to a couple years prior. And I think like like I do legitimately think uh, to some degree or another, regardless of the weight of the accusations that Michigan State was looking for an out of some sort uh, it happened to be that they got one on some you know, pretty legitimate causality, obviously, but it's still well, maybe we don't know. For sure. You know, we don't. Yeah, know. it's a lot of people are jumping the gun on a lot of stuff at once, for sure, with the situation. So it's it's crazy. Well, your say, thoughts as a student? Yeah, I mean, former student. I mean, at, like you mentioned, it's at this point right now with what we know, it's really just a he said, she said situation. And I mean, ultimately, I don't know if we're ever going to know exactly what happened. It sounds like this hearing isn't going to provide a ton for us and we're not going to know like i want them to release the phone call that's the only way that people will know exactly what happened how it happened when it happened um regardless i, I mean he's done at michigan state his last game was richmond there's no way even if they come out and say everything what he did was consensual fine he still acted inappropriately to someone the university was paying like you just cannot do that so He's done at Michigan State. I don't think there's any way that he coaches another game. Um, I think probably done as a coach. Probably done as a coach. I don't know about that. I mean, the way 
football and winning works, I think he'll maybe sit out a year if he gets fired. And after the October hearing, he'll sit out the rest of this year and then go be a defensive assistant for Nick Saban. Like he used to coach for Saban, something like that. Go for Kirby Smart, defensive assistant. Yeah. But I don't know. I actually – I was all in on Sparty winning – the game on Saturday and I'm kind of more in on it now um being a Michigan State fan in recent years this is just kind of the game that we just win like there's no other reason why we're not as good as them they're better than us our program's kind of in the shitter right now with Tuck and then you somehow win the game and everyone's like what the hell just happened yeah, so it's, it's, I don't know. Antonio coming back and as, as an assistant is really interesting too. I mean, at the very least, I think he can maybe try to shift the culture back in a better direction. Cause I, I know yeah. he's not, he's not coming on as a coach, right? He's more he's so an like assistant. an advisor. He's like an assistant advisor. I mean, he, yeah. I'm sure he will be a, a, uh, you know, a leadership figure, a leadership role for them. Um, yeah. He'll calm down the locker room, which totally. is all that you can ask for at this point. Right. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, Crazy situation. I mean, the amount of college football firings and scandals that I feel like has happened even before the season's really started has been kind of crazy, especially for Big Ten. So it's a bummer. Um, it's, and one last thing, on. too, it's about the whole Tucker thing. Like, you know, you can say what you want. He said, she said, we don't know the truth. But at the end of the day, like you have one thing as a head coach in, the, in, in college football making that much money that you can't do. Um, Bro, actually, he, he doesn't there's, have... like, there's like two. There's like two things he can't do. Bro, he doesn't have one thing or two things. He has 95 million things and 95 yeah. million reasons why you can't reasons. do any of what you're going to do. But say. there's only like three things that he could do to mess that right. up, right? Because so even Don't if, murder even somebody, don't, don't commit murder, fraud, and like and don't, don't sexually, sexually harass, harass or yeah, yeah, like that's literally it, you know? Like maybe don't try to bang the, the person that's coming to speak to your players about sexual assault, rape, I mean, and harassment. Crazy. Maybe, Again, don't, maybe just, don't get horned up when she's talking about that. How hard is that to do? Horrible judgment. I mean, I, like she's talking about a horror. I'm telling you, I've heard the story. I sat in that meeting, the same right. presentation she gives across the country. I sat there. I don't know. And how anybody in the right mind can think, mm, I'm going to try to go hit on this girl. Like, what are you thinking? Yeah. And he's married. I mean, yeah. it's like, oh, that that's the other interesting part of it that we didn't even like, mention. What, is are, that we, he what just, are we doing? He just here? nuked his entire marriage while yeah. he's had it, too. So, yeah. <laughs> what crazy. are we doing here, man? Crazy, crazy you know? stuff. All right, so to shift into NFL news, which honestly, like, uh, you know, there should be champagne going off on this podcast right now because the Detroit yes, Lions sir. walked Dang. into Arrowhead and beat the Kansas City Chiefs fair and square. Yes, they were missing Travis Kelsey. I don't care. They played good football. They capitalized on the mistakes that were being made by the other team, and they found a way to win. And I was jumping out of my seat for half of that game because I was just not only was I really impressed about, you know, the, the offensive ball control run game, right? Which is how we speculated the Lions were going to be able to win this game is just by controlling the ball. The defense really showed out too. that Brian Branch pick six was absolutely electric. I cannot wait to see what that dude does for the rest of the season. He's he's already playing at an NFL caliber uh, and it's just been uh such an awesome journey to watch this team turn into a team that can literally David and Goliath go up against the defending Super Bowl champs and win it. Uh Joe, my first question to you being there was, you know, Mark talking about going to the Green Bay game last year. Like he kind of, you know, one of the best like stories narratives was just kind of like how he was getting treated by Green Bay fans and kind of how like that, you know, shifted 
over the course of the game, the confidence kind of diminishing bit by bit. Do you kind of have any examples of that happening of, you know, you being a blue Jersey and a sea of red getting heckled at all. And then them kind of just quieting down as the game. Joe's a heckler. You know, he's a heckler. Yeah, I know. A so bit, I, know yeah. he was, I know he was clapping back. Exactly. He's a I total heckler. <laughs> yeah. The boys, the boys that I was with, we were, uh, we were getting after it a little bit. Um, the first thing that my shtick was that I was saying the second I walked in and saying to everyone around me, I just kept looking people in the face. And I go, you're looking a little nervous today. You're looking a little nervous. And everyone was saying, no, no, no. We have Mahomes. We're fine. They go look at that banner. The girls next to me kept going, we have Patty Daddy. I go, okay. You look nervous, though. And then as the game went on, we went up 7 nothing. Started going crazy. Did you then chirp pick, instantly? Yeah. Right then the pick, then the pick six right into the end zone that we were in. That was we started going crazy then, and then it really all shifted. Obviously, when we scored, but then the one moment when I thought that we like for sure we're gonna win is when Pascal made that stop on third and short. That was such an amazing play. Oh right then gosh. and there, right then and there, I was like, we won. Like, and a horrible like play call, game. by the horrible, way, from Matt, Matt Nagy. That's... I forgot Matt Nagy was who was stepping in to start calling their O for Eric Bieniemy. And let's not forget Matt Nagy didn't do a great job with Chicago. You know, yeah. like, hey, not a great call. Maybe when you have Patrick Mahomes, like maybe don't run jet sweep on third yeah. and whatever it was. You know, like maybe maybe think of a different play call. Um, yeah, I mean, Joe, what was the – the environment like leading up, like before the game, obviously is the banner night. I mean, you said you were walking around drinking tailgate to tailgate. Um, were you guys were you friendly? Did you, I mean, was there any crazy things you saw from Kansas city fans? I mean, does it live up to the expectation of what, you know, Arrowhead is, you know, loudest stadium, toughest place to play all the stuff that they say. Yeah, it definitely, it lived up to everything. Um, I'd also been to Lambeau uh, for either a Monday night or Sunday night game. I forget. I was a little bit younger. Lambeau was insane. It's a little bit of a similar concept where it's the stadium and then nothing around it, just parking lots. So the Kansas City Royals, their baseball team is right next to it. And then there's nothing probably within a mile or half a mile. There's one gas station, a good 20 minute walk from the stadium, and that's it. So all it is is parking lots. All it is is people tailgating all day. Um, we probably got to the stadium. Game was at 720. We probably got there around 3 just people tailgating everywhere, cornhole, smoking meat. They're all big barbecue down there, drinking beer, um, talking with Lions fans, talking with Chiefs fans. Um, and then we went to the game early. And the weirdest or craziest thing that I saw, which, mind you, it was first day of NFL. And like you said, the ring ceremony. But the stadium was packed, full. Every single person in their seats with over 45 minutes left till game time. The players were yeah. warming up to it. The players were warming up to a full stadium. Like Patrick <laughs> Mahomes was making passes. He was warming up doing his five yard pass, 10 yard pass, 20 yard pass, 30 yard pass to a full crowd. And everyone's just like cheering as he's throwing. Yeah. Them. Like it was insane. And then the other big moment when I realized like, all right, this, this stadium's like legit. These people are loud and a national anthem. I don't know if you guys can hear on TV instead of saying home Jeez. of the brave. Yeah. They say home of the Chiefs, and I didn't know that. I had, like, had never heard that or never seen it. No one said anything. And that scared the crap out of me because it was loud. Like every single person on the top of their lungs screams Chiefs. And I was like, all right, it's go time yeah. now. Listen, the the asterisk that they say that they put next to it, dude, it's so bullshit, dude, bullshit. Because, I mean, one, Detroit did not play 
a very clean game overall, and they still beat the defending Super Bowl champs. That's, I think, one big thing you have to notice. Two, uh, Detroit was up against it in terms of missed penalty calls the entire game. They called it one time. Oh that That is God. a huge deal. I don't think people realize how much of a disadvantage your defensive pass rush has. The only chance you have against Patrick Mahomes is to pressure him, right? So if you take away our best guy, Aiden Hutchinson's ability to put pressure on him by cheating your alignment into the backfield and by leaving early on almost every single pass snap, I mean, I don't care who you put there, Aiden Hutchinson, Nick Bowes, and Micah Parsons, it doesn't matter. You're going to struggle to get home and get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I and cannot believe that 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 they let it slide the entire, the entire game. game. I mean, Joe, you not, obviously not didn't only, watch it on TV. Right, Joe didn't bro, notice the in, entire game. The, Being you in Sam, we didn't notice once. Yeah, you can't yeah. tell. Not, so not only the talking false about starting, it. but re really just the alignment too. The like leverage. Saying, to be yeah. able to cheat off of that, I mean, that that totally locks it up on pass pro. And that's, again, like not legal at all. So No, it's, not legal in any way. They nuts. showed it They showed it over and over again on the TV uh, broadcast. The crazy uh, so part is Hutchinson still bullied the shit out of him most of that he still game. Was he was getting, wasn't able he to still get a sack. Was, yeah, he was still you know able to, to make stuff happen, and other guys stepped up on the defensive side of the ball, but there's no doubt about it. This is a different Lions team than last year, even. And really, I think the defensive secondary, I mean, some dropped interceptions, some opportunities to create more turnovers than even what we got, but we were all over the field. Um, this was obviously now the rookie play. Uh, they came in and, and they didn't play them a ton, but when they did play, they made an impact on the game in a positive way. All four Jameer of them. Gibbs, all four, all four yeah. of them. Laporta probably played in branch played the most snaps overall I'd say of the rookies and and they did fine Laporta I think exceeded expectations he blocked better than I thought he would right there's questions about his blocking I, everyone knows he can catch the ball and make plays after the catch but he came in he blocked his ass off he had a huge block on the game winning GH counter touchdown in Montgomery um Jack Campbell didn't play a ton but when he was in again made plays Jameer Gibbs flashed what he's you know why he was drafted so high and then obviously Brian Branch and, you know, to get a pick six against the best player in the NFL in your first career NFL start, obviously it was, it was, you know, right to him, but to be in the right play, to make the play, um, Kadarius Tony the Jets there too. Obviously he the, was like oh, what they yeah. counted against branch in his yeah. pre-draft process. Get out of there with that. He's got football speed. Like, yeah. clearly. um, obviously the chiefs didn't play a great game and you can make all the excuses you want without Kelsey and Chris Jones. But listen, man, to go into that stadium, you know, you, you've heard it firsthand from Joe about how in, intense it was on banner night. And with all of those distractions and all of those motivations for the Chiefs to come out and, and just do what they do, which is win at home for the Lions to go in there and do what they did. Not playing a perfect game like everyone thought it was going to take a perfect game to beat them. Not even playing. I wouldn't even say they played really, really well. They just played OK. Like I thought that Detroit just played OK and won. Yeah. So. That is got to have you excited for Seattle too, especially. I mean, they, they did not really show out this week. I mean, I think that that home game atmosphere is going to be going to be crazy, absolutely insane. And my takeaways too, just just to you know, again, rookie play, like you were saying, Mark, like all four of them, I thought really impacted the, the game. Gibbs like is lightning in a bottle. I cannot wait to see what the the tandem of him and Montgomery accomplished. Thunder and lightning, dude. Yeah, thunder and lightning. It's insane. And then. I think one of my favorite parts about this too was the fact that, you know, the Lions ate what eight or nine minutes of clock on that last drive, just doing exactly what, what winning exactly winning football does is just crush the soul of the defense. They just rammed it down their throats for nine minutes. 
hardly gave Casey yeah. any time to respond. I mean, there there's nothing sexy about that drive. It was just hard-nosed, gritty football. It's exactly what Dan Campbell built this team to do. And it's it's drives like that that are going to make them a team that potentially can yeah. win playoff games. And, dude, that's and how you listen, win those games. Goff was a dude. Goff was a dude all night long. Made He held in there in the pocket, took some hits, made some impressive throws. Again, far from perfect, but he, he did what he had to do to win the game. And like you said, John, if you're Detroit and you can run the ball like that, which people expected, if you can run the ball like that with different variations, giving the ball to different people, you can hit play action, you can hang in with just about anybody in this league. Right, your defense is improved on the back end. You can get after the quarterback a little bit. You're going to be in most games as long as you don't give games away. You're going to be in most games, and that gives you. I mean, that has not been the case in Detroit in our lifetimes. So, I'm excited. Dude, speaking man. of in our lifetimes, I was saying this to a bunch of Chiefs fans. Besides Mahomes, and maybe you can throw in Nick Bolton, linebacker. The Lions were better at every single position. Every single position besides quarterback, and maybe you could throw in linebacker, which is we've never been able to say that against the defending Super Bowl champions. I get there's roster turnover in the offseason after winning a Super Bowl, but every single position but one that is insane. We have never had that in our lifetime. Yeah, I mean, our, our new and improved secondary is crazy. I mean, I thought they went from being a complete liability and weakness last season to being one of the strengths of the defense. It is so hard. Gardner to... Johnson's a stud, dude. Yeah, we and still he don't have Mosley. Yeah, and yeah, Mosley's going to be a huge addition. I mean, there's a lot to be excited about. It's obviously it's week one. You don't want to overreact, but no, I'm overreacting. See... This team's winning like 14 games. <laughs> yeah, well, it, dude, winning, it might not be an overreaction. North. I mean, there's enough. Oh, here's the thing. That's the thing with the North is the North didn't exactly show out besides Detroit. I mean, Minnesota loss at home. Um, the Bears did not look like what the Bears were t- predicted to hey, look like. As I not said, to, Green Bay looked looked the best hey, out of those. But they teams. went against the Bears, so we'll right. see, right? Like we'll That's see. A good I point. Mean, um, yeah, and look, I I said this like I I was mostly concerned about Seattle at home. I would say like going into the season, that was the team that I was most worried about that we were going to play at home. At this point, I legitimately believe that we can go undefeated at home. I said that before the season started, and I'm doubling down there playing with a sold out Ford field crowd every day with a good record with that defense, with that offense. I just, I think that we can beat every team that walks into Ford field. And that's awesome to say. Yeah. Well, going into that game, I mean, uh, the Rams rushed all over Seattle. And if you're going to do that to the Rams, I'd like to think Detroit can probably do something similar in our running game, considering I think we have a better O line and better running backs than Lost way games. better o-line way better running back so and i said that was seattle's biggest liability was their their pass rush and their interior o-line i think those are liable well and now it's their entire o-line too because of the fact that they're going to be for sure missing their starting left tackle they probably are going to be missing their starting right tackle i mean i think our defensive line is just going to eat them alive i i would expect geno smith to get sacked four or five times next week like that's that's kind of my floor of of the amount of pressure he's going to get so yeah exciting stuff to be a lions fan right now like it's it's crazy to be saying this and like not really have a whole lot of concern or trepidation about confidently being like yeah this team is full of dogs and they're gonna win a bunch of games this season feels good yeah it, so. it, it feels good don't jinx it dude <laughs> should be two and oh should be two and oh should be let's 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 just let it happen Let's just let it happen. <laughs> all the all the trauma responses are are going right now. It's like, 
This shit's um, different, bro. This shit's different. Listen to Gardner Johnson. Yeah, I, I like uh, the ski mask too. Did you see him saying, "Hey, Brad Holmes are calling us villains," so we're, we're, I'm wearing a ski mask into the game every single week. Uh, he's he's such a character. He's so entertaining. I mean, uh, we have I, some characters on our team, man. We it's do. a fun team. It's a fun team. Uh, it's an easy team to root for, even if you're not a Detroit person, um, which is awesome. And we have people jumping on the Detroit bandwagon, like that are not from Michigan, or like that's also never happened. Very weird. Um, Joe, while we still have you here, um, before we let you go, any other hot takes about week one? Anything that you're looking forward to? Anything that you just want to talk about uh, while, while you're chilling with us? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I don't have any huge takes. Um, I might have some more after a couple weeks. But, I mean, I think Lions have Lions have the North. Um, I think it would have to be a big, it would be a big failure and it would, something big would have to happen in order for us not to win the North. Um, I think Anthony Richardson, I've been on here before supporting my guy, AR 15. I think he looked fine. I think that Jags team is legit. Um, I think people are, people are not as high on them as I am. I think Trevor Lawrence is an MVP candidate and I think he's going to be top three quarterback by the end of the year. Uh, the other team that I'm that I'm very high on, it could be an overreaction, it could not. I think the Browns. I think the Browns are a sleeper in the AFC. I think that defense is legit. I think Deshaun Watson will just continue to get momentum as he plays and as he wins games. And then, I mean, Nick Chubb, year over year, is proven to be a top five running back. So I think Conklin, their starting uh, O-lineman, he got hurt out for the year. That one hurts pretty bad. It's a big loss. Yeah, but I know how good Chubb. We know how good Browns. We know how good Chubb and Deshaun Watson go together. You know, yeah, Chubbs and Watson do really well. Watson's gonna be chopped up when they're in the AFC Championship. I'll tell you that much. I mean, it's a I he I don't want to overreact because the fact that the Bengals have struggled to beat the Browns. I think Joe Burrow's one and five against them. Uh, Something I forgot going into that game. Uh, he scored me a, a whopping three fantasy points this week. So that's rough, but I did, I did say that in last week's episode, John, about yeah. getting after Joe Burrow. He hasn't been practicing that D line, you know, I, but I, I do agree with you, Joe, that, I mean, I think that division is going to be a bloodbath regardless, but the Browns uh, definitely just completely dominated the Bengals and, you know, to, to beat a team like that as bad as they did. I mean, that's a pretty good sign that, you're, you're picking up some momentum as a team. So pretty exciting stuff to watch. Um, Joe, thanks for coming on. And it was cool hearing your, your firsthand experience and perspective about, you know, pretty much watching De- Detroit Lions history get made uh, at Arrowhead. Um, said one of the more memorable games that I've watched on TV. I couldn't imagine the atmosphere being there in person watching that happen. Yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy shit, man. Um, definitely the best NFL game I've ever been to. So it's the take one and zero, one and zero. On to the next one. Yes, sir. Hey, thanks, Joe. Hope you have a good one. Catch you later. Right. Thanks, fellas. Go Lions. Let's go. Peace. Um, so we got a lot more NFL to cover too. Obviously, no uh, doubt about another. It. Another big one is the fraudulent Vikings did not take until a playoff game to get proven fraudulent. 
Um, the Buccaneers. John, do you want to pull up our our picks as we start to go through these games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's probably wise. Um, thanks for helping me. You know, know how to manage a, a podcast because I just I remind as I said last week's episode when John walked away from the camera for thirty seconds, he at times is an idiot, but most of the times he's pretty smart. Need need a little help sometimes for sure. Okay, so. Um, j- just really quick too, you know, we updated last week's graphic and then with updating last week's graphic, you know, copy paste that bad boy. We got next week's ready to go to, to discuss, but st- sticking on this one until the end of the episode. Um, obviously we got Lions KC talked plenty about that super electric, exciting game. Mark, do you just want to go one by one here and I'll just kind of hop into some of the Twitter stuff as we, as we talk about the game. So hopefully my memory serves me right on, on what's relevant to what. Yeah, we'll just go game by game, we'll, and we'll talk. You know, if there's more we want to talk about with each game, we'll talk about it. It's, you know, obviously we just covered the Lions game. John and I were both um, right about that one. Um, Bijan coming out party in Atlanta. That running game, as John uh, was very confidently talking about, was going to come back. It was a great running game last year. They have a great scheme. Uh, they're definitely slept on up front offensively, and it showed. Um, they came out and pushed Carolina around. Bijan and um, that running game was dangerous. Obviously, his touchdown run by the or the catch uh, was ridiculous. I mean, to make those two guys miss and then still score, he he's special. There's no doubt about yeah. it. And that hype, that fantasy hype, you know, all that stuff is he's he's gonna live up to it. There's no doubt about it. There, that run game is legit and it's dangerous for sure. Any team that they face is gonna have trouble dealing with that, regardless of where they're at, kind of defensively. I just think that, as we said, right, you can beat good teams if you can dominate ball control block the shit out of people and have a a good run game so um it's demoralizing for defenses to deal with it eats up clock and uh you know it it showed with with carolina who by the way has a pretty good defensive front seven like one of the better ones in the league so if they can bully carolina's defense they should be able to bully just about anybody so that game was definitely interesting ravens texans mark you were right that the ravens kind of struggled to pull the way unfortunately uh you did not get this bet right for one of your best bets um by the way mark did two and one for his best bets i was one and two for mine so right now mark has the lead um but the ravens did struggle to pull away um and my biggest takeaway from that game zay flowers I thought he was going to be wide receiver one by the end of the season. If he plays like he played uh, this past week and and keeps that output up, he's already wide yeah. receiver one. He's shifty, man. He's special. Hey, the, my biggest takeaway from that game, I, yes, they you know the Ravens did cover and they they definitely didn't pull away the the, the, the way everyone thought they would. Um, but Lamar Jackson, not a great performance, not a great showing. He turned the ball no, over, messy. and I and I and I warned people of this. And I still am warning people of this. Do not get too high on Lamar Jackson. I know that he's special and can do some really special things, but it's the consistency at that position that he has lacked and that, that has cost them the big game. And I mean, obviously they played against a CJ Stroud who wasn't ready for the you know, the Ravens defense played played well. And it's a very tough first defense to go against for Stroud. But you play a functional team and you turn the ball over like Lamar Jackson did, you don't win that game. And there's not a lot of room for error in the NFL. And that's that's definitely a, a thing of concern for Baltimore. Uh, a lot of people high on them going into the season. I don't think the Ravens are going to do very well in this division, especially with the way the Browns played, which will lead us into that that next game. I am, I, there's some serious on. concerns and the let's, injuries let's in Baltimore. What I was going to say is before we hop into the next game, I think another issue too is 
this team, I think the part of the reason they failed to, to reach those high expectations is because of the fact that they have been a pretty injury prone team over the years. And unfortunately this year is no exception. JK Dobbins basically right after being fully healed up from his, uh, his uh, ACL injury from a couple years back now tears his Achilles and Really, I think this is going to lead to his retirement. I mean, his contract is up this year, and we've seen the way that that NFL running backs tend to get treated in this league. Unfortunately, I do not think he will be a Raven next year. That's for sure. And I think he might struggle to get signed somewhere for, you know, um, anything other than, you know, kind of practice squad, third string kind of money because he is too injury prone for anybody to want to sign him to a long long term deal. And he's just kind of going to be, you know, a mercenary on where he can get jobs for the rest of his career. And I'm NFL's business. Like, I know. I'm saying this not like I want it to happen. It's, yeah, it's the shitty it's business. Reality. Would you would you want a quarter? Uh, would you want to sign a running back that's coming off of a torn ACL and then a, and then an Achilles? Like I wouldn't. Yeah. I'm not putting any money in. No, it'd, in that. it'd be viewed as as a huge risk. I mean, and again, that's that's he's not going to get long term money as a result of that. And it's a bummer for him because he's a damn good player when he's healthy, man, he, he can do some crazy stuff, but yeah, you know, availability is the best ability. And that has been, you know, JK Dobbins curse pretty much ever since he's gotten to the NFL. Um, yeah. Bengals Browns, man, uh, the Browns came out swinging and I just, I, Bengals always start slow some way or another to start the season. They don't perform well against the Browns in hindsight, looking at this, like they shouldn't have even been a favorite. I don't think to, to win this game just based off of that history. Um, and yeah, I mean, they got crushed that game and it, it wasn't close and uh, offense offensively, they were miserable. They looked really, really bad. So everything that could have went well for the Browns did the weather played in their favor. You had a home game, um, Joe Burrow, uh, coming off of an injury clearly was rusty, did not have enough practice time. The chemistry was off with his receivers, the timing, everything. The Bengals running game is not as good as the Browns. It just was a perfect, perfect situation for Cleveland. And I'm telling you, the Browns are a, a serious, um, threat in this division and the better Deshaun Watson continues to play. And, and the more that they, um, get comfortable with Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper in this passing game that's obviously just going to make it easier for Nick Chubb as well. So the Brown, and I'm telling you right now, the defensive line of the Cleveland Browns is going to bring problems for Lamar Jackson, Kenny Pickett and Joe Burrow all season long in that division. And it's not an easy matchup with Zadarius Smith and miles Garrett. There is not a bigger two headed miles master. Garrett was playing with, He's with their freak. offensive line and they're was... moving them around <laughs> similar to what they did with Hutchinson in Detroit. They're moving them around inside. They're moving them around from the edge. Zadarius Smith is good enough to come off the edge as well. So like they're just toying with offensive lines and I know Cincinnati's not known for having great quarterback protection, but who who's going to be able to protect against that with ease? There's nobody. Yeah. There's no team. There's no quarterback that's going to go against that and and be uh, in a favorable matchup. So Cleveland's going to have an advantage against everybody in the pass rush game all year long. And I'm telling you, like Deshaun Watson's play can can take them to the promised land, or they're still going to be very good even if he doesn't live up to the expectations that they have for him. But they're for real. Yeah, absolutely. Um... And look, to, to Joe already said this, but to his credit, like Anthony Richardson did not have as bad of a first game as I was expecting him to. Um, one thing, though, is that the Colts kept it nice and simple for him. And he threw to his right, like somewhat, I think it was like 90% of his passes. He just chucked it, you know, five or 10 yards to his right. That's going to get predictable. And I can guarantee you, 
Um, I don't know who they play next week. I guess you can cheat and find that out. I guarantee you the Texans are going to be watching that on film and are going to find every way possible to toy with him in, in relation to that if he doesn't make an adjustment there. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, Colts play better than I expected them to, especially because I'm putting a lot of weight on this this Jaguars team being legit. Um, so I mean, what what the are Jags your are legit? Listen, I, I mean, I'm an Anthony Richardson hater. Um, John, I don't know if you saw the clip. They they made an Anthony Richardson hype video. Did oh, you see no. that? I did they made not. an Anthony Richardson hype video, and I ended up somehow somebody made an edit, and my TikTok of me <laughs> ranting about how they got tricked started the hype video. No way. Yeah, dude, check your check your tag. I'll send it. We'll, I'll 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 DM it to you, and we'll show it here in a second. And as I as I do, we'll still talk about this game. But I thought he actually played a lot better than what people expected, especially me. Um, but the, what I took away from this game is he's going to have an opportunity to, to keep this team in games because they, they're going to use him freely. Um, but what scares me is obviously the interception came at a really bad time. Um, you know, they had a chance to go down there and make it a game. And you just can't throw that. You just cannot throw that in that tight window that he, that he tried to fit it in. And he knew it right when he released the ball. That's what that they, the Jags tricked him. Right. And I know teams are going to do that to him and they, you know, teams are just going to do more and more of it. You saw it in the preseason. You saw it in this game. You can't afford to be a bad football team like the Colts are and have those turnovers in these chances to win games. You shouldn't win. So I just sent this to John. You can pull it up. If you want to show. How did you find this? How did Tyler, Tyler Winicky sent this to me? Uh, cause he just, it came up on his TikTok. He's a diehard Colts fan. And this just coincidentally, <laughs> it coincidentally came on. I don't know who made this or what it is, but it's. <laughs> it's not good, you know, cause if he lives, if he lives up to what Colts fans hope he's going to live up to, I'm forever going to be, I'm, I feel like, I feel like Skip Bayless if he ends up being good. Like, I mean, I look, like. look, and and what we do, I had so many people. Text we're me, we're John, gonna have too. we're gonna have bad takes. Like it's just gonna happen. Mark. Hey, I, I would not call it a bad take yet. He's hold on, no, 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 no. You, let me finish my sentence. Let me finish my sentence. We're gonna have bad takes, and you're just gonna have to roll with those punches for sure. Um, and so in relation to that, right now, I think that's great publicity actually for our, our little small podcast. I'm super stoked that people take our takes and and dub them over hype videos. That's awesome. But yeah, I do not think it's a bad take yet. I, I think uh, I, I think he has a lot of learning to do, and he is 0-1, like you said, and he's already revealing some tendencies that could come back to bite him. So, you know, just things to keep an eye on. But like I said, I think he played better than than I expected him to. So yeah, that's all. That's, well that's definitely well. a true thing. I had so many people texting me like, he's like, I know we lost, but you have to admit, like, yeah. He yeah. showed some things and of course he's going to show some things. He's a freak talent, but it's, it's not the some good things. It's the some bad things that are what are going to be his demise. That's what I've been saying from the beginning. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jags are known for having good uh, offense, not like top tier defense. I'm afraid for when he plays a top tier defense, because like, that's where you, you know, uh, which we'll jump to this, you know, in a two games, but have Tannehill level interceptions, which yeah. is just, Oh well, man. <laughs> D'Amico Ryans might get the best of him next week with his scheme. Yeah. With Houston scheme. So we'll see, yeah. but uh, definitely a, a good one for the Jags and definitely a team that's dangerous as hell in the AFC. And like Joe said, Trevor Lawrence very easily could be an MVP candidate. He grows every single year since they got Urban Meyer out of there. Doug Peterson's a quarterback's best friend. And 
I'll tell you, they look dangerous as well. Um, we go into the next game. Baker Mayfield, talk about feeling dangerous. He woke up feeling dangerous that day. Chip on his shoulder, the size of a freaking mountain. I lo- I Listen, I know people hate on Baker Mayfield. I, I find it hard not to root for him. I see the flaws that people point out about his game, but you can't deny the dude's a competitor, and he's won so many games in this league that he shouldn't win, and, and he's done it for different franchises. Uh, Minnesota at at U.S. Bank Stadium, six-point favorites. They were one of the bigger favorites going into this Sunday, and they they come out with a loss. Tampa gets it done there. Um, can we show the Baker Mayfield clip, John? Of oh, him? yeah, we can. Because this is – can we have the volume up as well? Yeah, let's sure. – let's because this is, this is the type of stuff I'm talking about. Pulls it. The stiff arm is nasty. Gets up and calls this dude a little boy twice. Get that weight up, little boy. That's what he says to him three times. You can see this this stiff arm. I mean, this is a quarterback that you want to play with, right? If you're a receiver, running back, a lineman, and your quarterback's doing that, that's 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 contagious, man. And uh, you know, they won the game, and we'll see where where Tampa goes with it this year. Obviously, they didn't look incredibly impressive offensively as a whole, but mm-hmm. they got it done. The defense looked pretty good. They, you know, Kirk Cousins at one o'clock. Didn't really live up to that that expectation. No, and you that's know, what I was gonna say, man. Is is like if Tampa's taking it to you, not good, not good, not good. And man. and 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 the biggest thing everybody thought, right? The Vikings defense probably was improved. They looked better overall, but uh, these close games that they always find themselves in, you know, they won all of them last year, and they're zero one this year. And and again, you're gonna you're gonna you're usually gonna split those games. You're not gonna. Right. It's not gonna. You're either you're not gonna lose them all. You're not gonna win them all. But guess what? For Minnesota, right. and if they if they split all those games from last they're season, 500, they're, a, they're an eight nine win team. Exactly. Yeah. So, so something to keep an eye on for sure. I thought that Flores was gonna you know kind of give that that team a makeover defensively. Uh, it, it was a it was marginally better for sure, but I wouldn't say it was a massive improvement. I mean, Tampa Bay scored twenty points on you. Like that's you know like that's crazy. So yeah. Um, I'm curious to see if the Vikings, you know, live up to the hype or can even come close to, to matching their results from last season. All right. So I was in attendance for Titan Saints. Um, I wanted to get some some videos out there, but I wasn't really able to just because uh, there was no internet in the dome. It was my first time in the Superdome. I've been to New Orleans, I think like four or five times now throughout my life. It's one of my favorite cities. It was previously a flight away. Now it's a seven-hour road trip away, roughly. Um, loved my time there. We got there Saturday, you know, did all the stuff, watched some jazz, ate some beignets, drank some hand grenades, listened to some amazing music. Really, really good time. Um, there's this guitarist at this bar, like, closer when we were ending our night, and the dude was just, like, like, it was mostly rock music rather than jazz, and it was just shredding his ass off, like, taking a request from everybody. Super cool. Did you get up there and shred with him? Oh, no, but I did uh, ask him to play some Led Zeppelin, and he they started jamming on The Ocean by Led Zeppelin, which if you're not a musician, uh, that song's not the easiest to play. And like I said, they basically just hopped right into it and then, you know, started jamming on it. Um, it was impressive to see somebody do that because, again, like, that is not like a jam to it song. Like, that usually requires some, some uh, rehearsing. So that was cool. Then, yeah, we, we woke up the next morning, uh, went to the Dome, Here's my takeaways from from the dome living up to its hype. First of all, the steps were like like twice as tall as average steps on the upper levels that we were at. 
And what that does is instead of you feeling super far away from the stadium when you're kind of in the nosebleeds like like we were, you feel like you're on top of it. And all of that sound is just going directly onto the field. It was hands down the loudest stadium I've ever been in. Uh, my ears like hurt uh, during the third downs and stuff like that. Super awesome environment. And then, you know, the part that I struggle with, though, is the Saints kind of looked like last year's Saints, where the defense was just absolutely dominating. And then the offense was kind of struggling to capitalize. Um, they picked off Ryan Tannehill three times. They got pressure pretty effectively the entire game. Um, you know, kind of kept Hopkins at bay. Um, but offensively, they didn't really do a whole lot. Um, Carr was running pretty frequently. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they won the game. The first touchdown I don't think happened until late in the third quarter. It was nothing but field goals until then. So it wasn't the most exciting showing in the world, but it was still awesome to be there and watch. Um, and yeah, super, super cool experience, legendary stadium. Um, but have my concerns. Yeah, there's definitely (laughs) some concerns. That was one of John's losses and his best, his best, uh, bets, both the Vikings and the saints were, they they failed to cover. Um, they did win, but they failed to cover. And then obviously the Vikings lost outright. Um, yeah, that was awesome that you were at the game. Definitely some concerns for both those teams, the Titans and saints, Um, but here's the thing. One team is one and O and, and they get to try to improve and be one and O and one team's O and one going into a tough matchup next week. So, um, I felt like I was watching the same team play itself where it was just like, yeah, tons of defense. Like, I mean, but one thing I will say that, that is getting me very excited is that the saints receiving trio, assuming Mike Thomas is healthy, is pretty dangerous. Uh, Shaquid has very legitimate over the top speed. Olave as an underneath guy is one of the smoothest route runners possible. And he has over the top speed. And then Michael Thomas was just kind of, you know, there is a physically dominating presence and was able to catch anything that came his way. So he can keep that up and, you know, get Kamara back in a few weeks. I'm thinking the offensive productivity will hopefully, you know, be a little bit better than it was this week. But um, Um, speaking of games that weren't close, uh, the 49ers came out and I was dead wrong about this take. Um, the 49ers came out and showed that they just push people around. They do what they've been doing the last few seasons. It doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter who they're playing against. Um, Brock Purdy came out and showed that last year was not a fluke. Ayuk uh, came out and showed that he is not a backup weapon, that he is a primary with the rest Man. of the primary weapons that they have. Yeah. No um, kidding. Boza came out and showed why he deserved to get the contract he got. It's just, I mean, they're built to win football games the way that they win them. They control, they do it the way they want to do it. They run the ball, they hit play action. They make it very, very comfortable for their, for their young quarterback. They have weapons all over the field. And he does Shanahan does a great job of spreading that ball around in creative ways um, with Kittle and McCaffrey and Debo and Ayuk. I mean, it's it's a nightmare to try to prepare for that. Uh, Pittsburgh couldn't do anything offensively. No, and we were hyping up Pittsburgh, man. I, know. I get this is not an easy matchup to start the season um, with, so I'm not like out on Pittsburgh yet by any means. But I was expecting a good chunk of improvement from this team year over year, and it still might have happened, but it did not show in this game. Did not whatsoever. Because here's the thing: I think San Francisco also improved, right? And they were head and shoulders better than the Steelers last year. And I think both teams improved, but all you see is. This, I think the 49ers improved even more. 
right? And they're definitely, definitely in the Super Bowl conversation after week one. Uh, I think they look the best of any team week one overall. Totally. And yeah, I mean, I was dead wrong on this take. I thought the Steelers were going to try to steal one. Uh, this They were never in this game. Um, no. Um, the 49ers are for real. Can we so show the clip of uh, the downfield blocking? Because you, you talk about the star power that they have. But if you if you show this entire clip, this is McCaffrey's touchdown. You look at the down the field blocking. You know Ayuk lays a guy out. That's how you win to games, hustle. Man. Look at the hustle from the backside receiver. He waits till the till uh, he turns and squares his shoulder, so it's not a block in the back. McCaffrey sets up these blocks, trusting that his guys are going to be there. I mean, the fact that he slows down and lets this guy just finish the block, and then. You know, this is the stuff that separates a good play from a great play, and they do yep. it all the time. You see Kittle do stuff like this all the time. You see, uh, I forgot to even mention check like another freak at the fullback position that they use in creative ways. He does this stuff all the time. Like, the Niners are just a great football team. Their, their mentality watch. around blocking is God, how every so team yeah, should be. Is like, as soon as a play starting to look like it might get downfield a little bit, everybody's heads is on a swivel of like, who can I murder right now to turn this into a touchdown? And uh, it's crazy enough because that seems so easy and intuitive, but yet, you know, more than half the teams in the NFL don't have good discipline with this. And this team clearly does, and this is why they win football games. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just it's just fun to watch, man. And, that's, and like again, that's how you doing that after <laughs> catching two touchdowns. Right. Like, he's, it's not just, he doesn't just want the, 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 you know, the glory. He wants to go and do the dirty work to help his team win. And it's not just him, it's Debo, it's Kittle, all these guys. And it's, I mean... They're a early Super Bowl watch favorite, in my Completely opinion. Completely agree. NFC. Yeah. Um, and look, everybody that loves football loves the 49ers for the most part. And it is just because they play like the most fun brand of football. Um, so excited to continue to watch them, you know, physically dominate and, you know, impose their will on just about anybody that's on the other side of the line of the scrimmage for them. Um Okay, Commanders, Cardinals. Man, the Commanders just barely squeaked that one out, uh, but they did. Um, that game was rough. <laughs> yeah, it's a dog water matchup, man. It's a dog water matchup. Two and you got dog water that... play. Like, that's what happened. Says what it is. Um, Sam Howell uh, impressed me overall, I think. I mean, obviously, he's playing one of the worst teams in the league, if not the worst. He impressed me, Josh. The fact that Dobbs came in, he barely even knows his the, his teammates' names, and came in and was able to, you know, hang in there and have a chance to win the game is is pretty impressive for the Cardinals. But this is, if you're a Cardinals fan, I would get used to this because this is one of the best matchups you had all all season, and you didn't get it done. Um, Washington did not cover the spread, but uh, you know it's a good win for the Commanders. But I I wasn't very impressed with either of these teams, and I don't really see you know either of these teams making anything happen this year. Yeah. Um, I, I tend to agree with you on that one. Um, Green Bay at the Bears. And look, I get this is the Bears, and everybody forgot they're the number one pick overall last year, and they traded out of it. And that means they were the worst team in the league last year. Let's not forget that. And they continued, in my opinion, to look like one of the worst teams in the league. I think that their linebackers – for how much money they spent on them, played incredibly undisciplined football. I thought they struggled to get a pass rush the entire game. And offensively, they were abysmal. And honestly, you know, Fields can still kind of, you know, make excuses related to potentially how much time he has in the pocket or his blocking. 
but he can't make excuses anymore about his offensive weapons. And still he had a really rough disorganized, messy game. Um, and on the flip side of that, Jordan Love looked like he, he showed up and was ready to play ball. And he had all the time in the world in the pocket. Um, that's for sure that the bears did not really generate a pass rush whatsoever, but I still have to be impressed with Jordan Love's play who, you know, fields has had, has two years of experience on it, on him. And I thought Jordan Love was by far and away the more polished quarterback this game. And that's yeah. him missing his main receiving weapon, by the way. Yeah, that's a, it surprised me this game. One of those ones that surprised me. Uh, it's one of those things is, is green Bay as good as they looked or is Chicago as bad as they looked. Right. And that's the right. question. Um, that we'll have to see here as we move forward in in the season. But if you're a Bears fan, you're definitely let down. I mean, that was – it turns out the Packers still absolutely, without Aaron Rodgers, own you. And uh, that is one of the longest rivalries in football. And Did you see that meme of, like, the, the like, certificate of transfer and it says Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love? <laughs> I was cracking up. It's just it sucks, man. Chicago if you're a Bears, Bears fan, there's not much to be excited about. You know, that was not a great showing – uh, you had all the hype in the world. I mean, let's not forget people were putting Justin Fields ahead of Trevor Lawrence in the NFL top 100. They're putting him in the MVP conversation. I know, it's ridiculous. I, we had our, When I was in Chicago a few you know, a few months ago with, with Joe, who obviously was on the show earlier, uh, he, you know, talking shit to everybody and everyone's Justin Fields, Justin Fields. Well, you know, not exactly what you wanted to see. Delusion um, and the illusion bears fans. Hey. And honestly, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be an Some things about don't this change. For a second. Yeah. And bears fans, I've had to hear you incessantly, not only talk up your team, but call every other team in the NFC North fraudulent say, this is your year. All these improvements, Ryan Poles, GM of the century, et cetera, et cetera. Just for you to go and shit the bed against your division rival with basically a rookie quarterback. I, I understand Jordan loves been in the league for a few years, but that was his first start ever. Like, I'm sorry, Bears fans, all the shit talk that you have coming to you from Vikings fans, Lions fans, Green Bay, you deserve 100% because God, all so offseason, I could not get away from Bears fans on Twitter. They wouldn't shut up. So sit down, shut up. You're the worst team in the NFC North and you're going to stay that way. Sorry. Normally, John and I go good cop, bad cop, but I'm going to stay bad cop here as we move into the next <laughs> game because the Broncos, same shit different hey same, same shit, score different year same, same score, score different year. same score different year they can't score more than 16 points is what it seems like uh russell wilson he threw a touchdown but again they did not look very good sean payton running his mouth in the offseason you couldn't beat the raiders who are most people consider one of the bottom tier teams in the nfl definitely the bottom of that division and you lost to them at home um you were three and a half point favorites and you lost by one to the Las Vegas Raiders, Jimmy G uh, showing that he's kind of a dog. He wins football games. You know, it's kind of never pretty with him, but he wins football games. Guy, he's got a great winning percentage as a starter in this league. Um, this is a big win for the Raiders to get on the right track to, you know, to see this is, you know, what kind of season you're going to have. You have some dudes. A lot of people have their doubts about you, but you come in and you beat Denver and Denver's defense. Same shit, right? They played well. They're definitely a good defense, but Russell Wilson is not fixed. Uh, the guru Sean Payton that was going to come in and save him has not. And I, I anticipate he looked, he looked better. That's fine. They scored 16 points. They lost to the worst team in that division. And yeah, it was at home. Well, now they're the worst team in the division. Right. Uh, isn't it crazy? So, that division right now, by the way, has only one team that won a game this week. Well, no, two teams. I'm stupid. 
Sorry. Yeah. But but KC going down and uh, Chargers going down. I mean, that's that's crazy for that division. And then the two teams, you know, that you obviously expect not to be um, as good, just battled it out in the 17 to 16. <laughs> brutal, brutal game. Um, and look, uh, I, at least the NFL learned their lesson. And then there isn't like five or six Broncos primetime games that I have to deal with this season. Yeah. Thank you, God. Sure. But uh, man, it's rough as a Broncos fan, I cannot imagine just watching all these low scoring, grueling games week after week after week. It's brutal. It's really brutal. Um, yeah. I mean, he's getting outplayed in the state of Colorado by a college kid, Shadir Sanders, Colorado He's playing better than Russell Wilson. Damn. So yeah, not good. Not good for Denver. Um, this Miami, game, Hey, though. good offense. You want to go from a bad offensive game, flip side, one eighty. Oh that. my God. This so game was exciting. First of all, the Dolphins offense is a video game. It is literally just Madden, Tech Mobile. I don't care. It is that come to life personified into a real NFL team. And by the way, the Chargers really aren't all too far away from that either. This game, if you want high scoring, exciting, big touchdowns, all of that stuff, this game had it. Awesome shootout to watch. I, I love this game. Um, I, I, I watched the, the replay over again after uh, after watching it, you know, uh, live for the, you know, three and a half or whatever hours too. Like, I mean, what an awesome, awesome game. And honestly, I got to say it, man. This Dolphins team might be legit if two is healthy because all he has I, to do is feed the ball to his weapons and it's game over. Like, it, I keep it, doubting Tua and I, I don't know why. I keep, I continue to doubt Tua. Uh, the guy just continues to prove me wrong. And there's a lot of people that, you know, have doubted him in, in his, hey. his young career. But he shows up, man. And when he's healthy, John, they they win football games. And they have been one of the best offensive football teams the last two seasons. They came out just – I mean, it was fun to watch. Tyreek Hill is is a cheat code. He, I mean, he might be one of the fastest human beings on the planet. I don't – and he it just so happens to also <laughs> be able to catch neutral footballs and run great routes. And he's just special, special, special as a football player and Tua's ability to get him the ball in creative ways. Mike, it might be Daniel's way to, you know, the way that they move him around and they get him these favorable matchups where he's just going to run by dudes. I mean, there was a, that on that one go route that he caught against Derwin James. I mean, there was just Derwin James, one of the best defensive players in the league and he had no chance. He yeah. was beat the first second of the play. Brock Purdy being successful in San Francisco proves, in my opinion, that Tua can be plenty successful in Miami, right? Very similar systems coming from yeah. the same coaching tree. If Brock Purdy can blow out teams 30 to 7, then yeah, Tua's probably going to be just fine as an NFL quarterback. Um, hopping into Eagles Patriots, I did not watch this one. Um, I did I listen to a little bit of it. It sounded like it was pretty messy. Uh, Patriots defense was able to capitalize on a few things, but at the end of the day, the Eagles are able to, to come out with a win for it and cover. So yes, congrats the, the Eagles got up to a, yeah, the Eagles got up to an early lead. I think it was 16 to nothing. And then Mac Jones actually played pretty well. Um, Hunter Henry played very well. Listen for, I mean, the Patriots on Tom Brady day, right. Where they're honoring him into their, into the Patriots hall of fame. And he, you know, he came out and did his entrance and, and rang the, the new bell that they have and their new, you know, jumbotron they put in and everything it was a huge day for new England. Um, but the Eagles don't care about that. They came in and they, they, they got off to a great start. They fell off a little bit. Jalen hurts some uncharacteristic turnovers late in the game, um, keeping new England in it fumbling uh, when you, when you have the ball up, 
and you're driving, trying to run Jabril Peppers over, who had a great tackle for us. Oh fumble. my God, that was and then that was the an Patriots awesome play. couldn't capitalize, <laughs> and then you go for it. I don't I don't know what Nick Sirianni was thinking on the fourth down. You go for it there, um, giving New England the ball right there at midfield. Couldn't capitalize again. The Eagles defense, you know, was able to hold on at the end. But I think New England's not going to be as bad as we originally thought in our preseason, you know, discussions about them. I think they're going to hang in every game. I, I really do. And I think that they're going to win a lot more games than we thought they would. That's my maybe an overreaction, but, and I know they lost, but New England looked a lot better than I thought. It looks more complete for sure. Yeah. And um, I mean, look, I think New England's defense will always keep them in games. And obviously they, you know, kept a, a high powered offense at bay. I also got to say this too. Jalen Carter had the, uh, I think second highest number of pressures in the league uh, this past week too, as a rookie in his first showing um, that defensive line is going to be dangerous and it's going to give a lot of teams a hard time. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, will the Eagles live up to the hype of last season? I think they have all the pieces to do it. They lost both of their coordinators. We'll see, you know, from a coaching perspective, a scheme perspective, from a mistakes management perspective, we'll see if they're able to kind of keep that hype up. Um, moving on to Rams, at Seahawks, I think Mark and I are both pretty shocked about this. With a weakened offensive line, with you know no true RB1, with Cooper Cup out of the game, with a defense that's kind of in rebuild mode, they went and they took it to Seattle, who I think Mark and I would agree going into this season looked a lot more like a much more complete, you know, winning ready team. And the Rams just no pun intended, rammed it down their throats the entire 60 minutes. Uh, dominant run game. I was able to generate a good chunk of pressure on Geno. Um, it was an ugly, ugly game for Seattle. And as a Lions fan, it has me pretty hyped up for the home opener next week as well. They, I mean, listen, you're going to run the ball all over a team. And if you can't get anything going offensively to counter, I mean, yeah, you see 259 yards at the half for, for the Rams, three total yards for Seattle. That was at halftime. Um, it, it, it didn't get much better in the second half either. If you're going to no. run the ball over somebody and you can't do anything offensively, you're, you're going to get a lopsided score like that. But nobody, nobody. And the frustration stopped. showed, by yeah. the way. I mean, DK uh, Metcalf, this, is... this cheap shot that you'll see here. Um, it, I mean, Seattle. Brutal. It's brutal, man. It's brutal. Nobody expected it. Uh, I think Seattle has high expectations for themselves. I don't, again, I don't want to overreact and say that Seattle's not going to do some great things this year. I think they will but you got to figure out how to stop the run. And for a Pete Carroll coach team, it, I, you don't see that very often where you just get dominated up front right. like that. Um, and this was, this was my big thing talking about them in the off season, right? Is that look, man, receiver, you got an amazing trio of receivers, cornerback. You're trying to bring the Legion of boom back. I respect both of those things. Games are one in the trenches. And I said their interior offensive line was a problem. Now it's their entire offensive line. And on top of that, your, your defensive line did not get a pass rush against one of the worst offensive lines in the league, or at least they were last year. Um, so keeping that continuity, that's not a good look. And by the way, your schedule is going to be loaded with teams that have better pass rushers than LA. And you're going to be loaded with teams that have better offensive linemen than LA. So they're going to have to figure that shit out pretty quickly or else it's going to be an ugly season for the Seahawks, regardless of the, the skill position weapons that they have all over the place. 
Yeah. Um, and then uh, we we had two great primetime games: Sunday night oh, football oh, and Monday night football. Before uh, we get there, before we get there, so I'm not going to even entertain this. Here's what I wanted to say, Mark. You you hate on Matthew Stafford all the time. Um, I think unfairly so a lot of the time. And you love Josh Allen. What are some of the the talking points that you take against Matt Stafford? His his recklessness with the ball, his number of turnovers. I don't know if Matt Stafford is a greater fan symbol quarterback than Josh Allen. To me, they're the same freaking quarterback. They have huge arms. They play ballsy football. And yet they are super reckless with the football, turning it over all the time. And that is, before we get into the Jets game, that is why the Jets won that game, by the way, is Josh Allen's recklessness with the football. So to me, I don't think you can be a Matt Stafford hater and a huge Josh Allen fan because they are one and the same as quarterbacks. What's their winning percentage in their first five seasons? What's his overtime winning percentage or his playoff winning percentage? Matt Stafford has a ring. (laughs) Yeah, he's played 15 years. I would hope he has a ring. Played for a super team last year. Listen, don't even get into it. And he played in the NFC. Don't even get into it against that. I'm not even going to entertain that debate. The only similarity they have is they both turn the ball over. Congrats. Yeah, that's that's a problem. And I feel like you can't appreciate who Josh Allen is without also recognizing that. Didn't that I, is a didn't, I didn't I say didn't I say I wasn't as high on the Bills going into this year and the yeah, and could easily hit? Do we do we want to skip over Cowboys Giants because there's not a ton to talk about there and just get right into this this Monday night game? Uh, um, I do want to I do want to point out the fact that in primetime games I was three and zero this week in my picks and my explanations were pretty spot on. Dallas got all over Daniel Jones, forced turnovers. Um, the Lions upset the Chiefs. I said it wouldn't matter if Kelsey or Jones played. Um, they were going to end up winning that game. And obviously I was wrong about the Rodgers thing. Didn't know he would get hurt in two snaps. But uh, everything else about that was right. The yeah, Jets' and- defense was too much for Josh Allen. The, the primetime moment was too big. Um, and they got it done. But, dude, Dallas's defense, can we just point that out really quick? <sighs> oh, my God. I, I mean, listen. You want to talk about turnovers? They lead the NFL in forced turnovers the last last season. That's scary. And they've gone in pretty pretty hot this season against Daniel Jones. Feeling pretty shitty about paying Daniel Jones that contract right now. If you're a Giants fan, um, and honestly, I don't even know if it's Daniel Jones's fault. The it's a combination, pressure, but it's a combination. The pressure that Dallas was able to generate on that offensive line was insane. I mean, they have no weaknesses anywhere on their defense. It's going to be a problem. A huge I mean, problem. Peep adding Stefan Gilmore on that defense, another ball hawk. Uh, Mozzie Smith player. on the, the interior, and now you yeah. can just Tra- let Michael Trayvon Diggs had a, Trayvon wants. Diggs had a great game, was much more physical than we've seen him before, stripping the ball, not only guessing and getting interceptions, stripping the ball, you know, doing those little things. Uh, Dallas was just uh, flying around on defense. Very, very, very lopsided. 40 to nothing on Sunday football. Boring. Yeah, you don't see that on the NFL too No, often, you don't see that so. too often. Uh, and then obviously Monday night, one of the one of the best games uh, you could possibly have for a Monday about. night opener. There's a ton to talk about. We'll get into uh, obviously my I'm I, I'm actually distraught and heartbroken for Jets fans. Um, all the hype, all of the offseason drama, the hard knocks. I think you had so much of the NFL in your corner, and I got chills to- when he ran out. When oh my god, the, the American oh flag god. thing. Like it was there was so much that just felt so right about this story of Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets. It was one that 
just about every person that follows the NFL was very clued in on. Um, even if you you don't follow the NFL, I think you were pretty pretty aware of of the happenings of Aaron Rodgers going to the Jets, and for it to be done and over with in four snaps, I mean, it's just it, you're as a football fan, it is devastating. It's you have to feel man. horrible for Rodgers. I mean, I because as you were saying, Mark, like everywhere else, man, Brees Hall. Garrett Wilson, that entire defense, this team is built to win a Super Bowl. And they were a quarterback. That's the away, worst part about and it. Now that's they're the right worst. back to square one. That's the worst part about it is you saw how good they are everywhere else in this game. I mean, they they Josh Allen looked like he's never played football before. I mean, it, it looks like it was like they had no idea what to do against that defense. Um, their offensive players, Brees Hall, what a, what an awesome comeback uh from that injury. I mean, just big play after big play. Um, Lazard stepped his way into it. Garrett Wilson making the one-handed catch, one of the best catches maybe we'll see this year in a huge moment. Zach Wilson stepped in, obviously played a lot better than we saw last year. Obviously, though, you can see it's not going to be enough to do what they expect to do in New York this year. They have a Super Bowl roster without Aaron Rodgers. You just need a, I don't know, a top 16, 17 quarterback in the league, and you're going to compete for like Super Bowl. Like you're going to be on Super Bowl watch. Yeah. And I'm in like denial about it. Like I still, like I still, I don't think it fully internalized the fact that we are not going to see a single down from Aaron Rodgers until moving forward next year. And you know, and who knows? And the worst part about it too is like John, you know, John and I were talking before this. I don't think it's going to be the end of Aaron Rodgers as, as an NFL player or as a Jet, but. You never know. He's forty. He's gonna be four years old. He's coming off of that's this is bad. It's a bad injury. It's sometimes it's brutal. Uh, injury. It's tough to recover from. And yeah, you know he does like he's not gonna be able to do the things he wants to do if he can't get that injury healed right. So I really, you really hope that he's not done after this and that he gets another an, another uh, shot at it. But God, you just felt how special it was. That crowd, um, the, just the the hunger that the Jets and their and their fan base have to be great. And this is the closest that they've ever been. And they listen, they still won the game in an unbelievable manner by creating four turnovers. Josh Crazy. Allen just did not look good at all. Um, you know, and if he doesn't turn the ball over like that, the bills, by the way, it still went to overtime. I mean, he threw four turnovers and it's, this game still went to overtime. That just shows that Zach Wilson, the jets were still struggling to get points on the board, but that mm -hmm. defense in New York is unbelievable. Um, the punt return for a for a undrafted rookie to to in his first NFL game to win the game on a walk off punt return on Monday Night Football with you know giving everything that happened earlier in the game for the Jets talk, to hang talk on. about Madden curse. I think Josh Allen has the overtime curse. Like yeah, the, the ball never goes his way in overtime ever. And uh, it's, well, they got the ball first. They did, and. Not a whole lot happened, and then a, a punt return. A punt return is what what does does them in. The so. funny thing is that's how that's how it had to be because the Jets' offense wasn't going to drive down the field and score. Oh, absolutely! And then you know we got to show this this insane. I'll just run it back real quick. I mean, terrible throw, already, by the way. Yeah, and might already be in contention for for catch of the season like this was ridiculous what he was He's, able to do his releases are nasty i mean garrett wilson is he is so uh he reminds me so much of Devonte adams as a young player uh the ball skills the route running the the, sh the shiftiness that he has at, at the line of scrimmage getting off of and and by the way the the throw on the corner route a few plays before this that zach wilson made was really really impressive this yeah. throw here on the touchdown was not i mean he should have no. back shouldered it made this an easy catch for him 
Uh, instead, whatever, I mean, put the ball up in the air and give your guy a chance and he makes this play happen. Also, petition for them to keep that helmet the entire season. Oh, it dude, the so helmets are better. sick. The, dude, so the, this better. is the, re- the, listen, white, the rebranded mask. The rebranded Jets look awesome. And, yeah. and it's hard not to root for them. And again, you feel horrible about what happened with Rodgers. But there's all kinds of talks, John, about what's going to happen. Yeah, as he pulls up this meme, he has to. I, I, I can't help myself. Um because here's the thing. I feel horrible for Aaron Rodgers. I'm a fan of Aaron Rodgers. Um, I think, you know, a lot of people attack Aaron Rodgers' character. I think it's really unwarranted. But as a Lions fan, you also have to now recognize that Kirby Joseph is the last person to receive a pass from Aaron Rodgers. And that's going to stay that way for almost two years now um, with, with how his, his injury. You're sick. You're go. sick so, for piling that in. You're sick. I, I had to. You're I sick. mean, there has to be um, some humor in it, at least a little bit, because internally i feel horrible Could you, would you say that kirby joseph is aaron Rodgers' achilles heel <laughs> uh, 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 too soon uh, also sorry. rich eisen started talking about something which i didn't realize is the jets did i'm forgetting the, the whole story the jets did some some big trade for a quarterback like 20 years ago like 1999 and he tore his left achilles in the first game on September 12th. I mean, the Jets are cursed. Like, there's no doubt about they it. They are cursed. Um, They're absolutely you feel, cursed. You feel for them. So here's the here's the question before we move into the next week's picks. And there's all kinds of people talking about Tom Brady becoming a Jet. Do you trade for Stafford? What do you do? There's all these crazy things. I don't honestly know. Um, but I do think you need to bring in some kind of veteran quarterback now and at least have him as a backup to Zach Wilson while he learns the system. And because you, you have a win now team, like here's the question you have to ask, are the jets closer to, I don't know, a team as bad as like the Broncos or Cardinals, or are they closer to the teams like the chiefs, Eagles, 49ers teams that are competing for super bowls. I think they're closer to competing for super bowls. 100% close to competing for super. I mean, that's what you have to decide because you have a roster built to win right now and you're missing one key. Who goes to them? Who that's that's the biggest that's the thing question. Up right I now don't know who like who could you trade? Do you go for? get Cam Newton? Do you go get no? Do you go try to bring Matt Ryan back out of retirement? Philip no. Rivers out of retirement? He's a few years Maybe. removed. Tom Brady is sitting right there. That would be an, an insane story. That would be an insane story, but I don't think it's. I think it's not going to be one that's going to happen. I know. So I mean I, Stafford. People are talking about Stafford getting you know trade, but I which mean, the, they already tried to do that with the Aaron with the the potential that the Aaron Rodgers trade was going to fall apart. And the Rams didn't even entertain it for a second. They're like, Nope, that's our guy until he retires. So I, I legitimately don't know who you, do you go get Jameis. Do you go? I mean, do, I don't know. Right. Like I honestly Jameis don't or Teddy know. are like your two best options. Potentially. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe the lions should consider trading Teddy for, and get some value because the jets are kind of desperate. I don't know. I, there's a lot to. I, I'm like sick up. thinking about it. Like it's it is sad, so dude. brutal. It's, it's so really, sad. Really it's bad. so sad. And the fact that, by the way, John and John said this as well. Aaron Rodgers, badass, tough as shit. I mean, that's Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality to tear your. That's one of from people I've never had it happen, but from people that have had that injury happen. Some say it's one of the most painful injuries that you can have. For, for those that don't know, that is the tendon that connects your calf to your foot. And for you, it's not a small tendon. It's actually one of the biggest ones in your body. For you to rupture it and tear it completely, that doesn't feel good, right? Like that's that's probably hurts twice as bad as pulling a muscle because you're not pulling a muscle; you're destroying the thing that anchors it to your body. Not only that, but Johnny gets (laughs) up 
and realizes gets up. Yeah, I'm, he goes, he real the second he gets up and he starts to walk a little bit. You can, he know, he knew, right. He knew, and, he and knew he, the second you, that, you know, that when something like that, and he knew he was done. He just sits down. You could just see the, the frustration. Obviously, as we were watching, a lot of people were hopeful it was an ankle or something like that. But the more you watch him struggle to walk, uh, I've seen that he, we've seen that dude play. I, I texted Mark, before. I think within two minutes of it happening. It and not. I was like, I don't want to say it out loud without it being confirmed but the way that his foot was planted and the way yeah. he went down i was like the the only possible thing it could probably be is an achilles or like a really bad calf injury it I'm wasn't it's so. terrible man and i you feel it for sucks. the guy and you feel it for the sucks. jets but uh we'll move forward and hopefully they get a quarterback and i'd love to see the jets stay stay competitive this year yeah. um so um starting off with thursday night football this week we got vikings at philly minus seven um, I'm personally, I like Philly minus seven here. I think that based off of the Vikings showing last week and based off of, you know, what Philly's defense is generally capable of doing. I, I like their odds Thursday night football. Kirk Cousins is, isn't even in his one o'clock slot. He's in prime time. <laughs> it's, this is, this is not looking good for the Vikings. So I'm going to um, go Philly here. It's tough because Seven points is a lot in the NFL. The Vikings are 0-1, and they do not want to fall to 0-2. I'm actually I'm going to take the Vikings to cover the seven points. I do not think they win this game, but I think that they keep it a little bit closer than people expect. They got beat up, John. They got beat up pretty bad by the Eagles last year, and I think that they'll make adjustments. That's that's sure. kind of why. Um, Chargers at Titans. Um, Man, that, that seems like a small spread just based off of not even in, like it is this team better than the other team. Uh, and I understand that the Titans defense is very, very, very good. But at the same time, like the Chargers offense is a powerhouse. If they're going to win this game, I feel like they're going to win it by more than three points. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to take Chargers to, to cover here. Yeah, it's in Tennessee, right? That's kind of I think why those points are diminished. Uh, Eckler, there's some injury issues, some concerns with him, whether or not he's going to play. Um, but Justin Herbert is just a better quarterback than Ryan Tannehill. And I don't think it's close. I think that the chargers have them beat pretty much across the board offensively as well. I don't think Tennessee can compete with them offensively. I think that they'll limit the chargers offense, but I mean, you saw Tennessee struggling against the saints defense. The chargers defense isn't bad. Um, I'm going to go with the chargers here minus three. And I'm going to bring that into one of my best bets as well. I was thinking about it myself, but. You know, what? I'm going to join you on that. If that's cool, because I was thinking about calling it. John, if we if we push, we'll just not add it to our. Yeah, because ties are in three. I mean, three is a, a very tieable spread. So we'll just say yeah. it from here. If it's a tie, we just won't add it to the it'll just act cool. like it never happened. Um, we'll us we got us. Bears at Tampa, also minus three. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Tampa as the favorite here based off of how the Bears played last week. Simple as that. I, I mean, I think if, if Tampa can go into Vikings and win that game, I don't think there's any reason why they can't win a game by the same margin with Chicago at Tampa. So um, I like Tampa here. This is a tough pick for me. I, I, I think the Bears will play better. Uh, I think – Again, three is a tough number uh, on the on that spread. I think that Baker's on revenge tour, though, man. I think that he's he wants to to prove people wrong. 
This is his first time at home to do that in Tampa. I'm going to go with the Bucks as well. Um, Green Bay at Atlanta. I'm surprised that Green Bay is the favorite for this game, uh, albeit by a small margin. Um, I think Atlanta actually comes away with this game. And so I, I like them to cover um, as well. I just think that the the run game is going to be a lot to handle. Um, and I think that, you know, their defense will be able to keep up with whatever Green Bay is putting together as well. I'm just going to agree with everything you just said. I think that they're going to run the ball in Green Bay. And uh, I don't know if Aaron Jones is going to play. Jordan Love. Um, Aaron Jones has some injury yeah, uh, problems. Yeah, um so i'm gonna go with atlanta to outright win um but they'll for sure cover at worst. um colts at texans uh i like texans here personally um for honestly a lot of the similar reasons why i like you know atlanta in the previous game i mean i just i think they'll be more imposing um from an offensive perspective and i think their defense will be able to capitalize on on you know, the Colts fresh quarterback. So I like the Texans as well. I think this is a tough matchup for Anthony Richardson. He's going to see a defense that's going to challenge him and his ability to uh, read disguised coverages. Um, he's going to see a lot of interesting blitz packages that D'Amico Ryan is going to dial up for him. So I think that the Texans um, win that game, but I'll take them to cover. I'll take the points to be safe. Cool. Um, we got Seattle at the Lions. Am I going to be biased and say that minus six, I still might like this for a best bet. It's the Lions with their homecoming game with an electric fan base and a run game that I am going to go and wager say is objectively better than the Rams. I think that the Lions offense is going to have their way with the Seattle team. And either way, last year, Seattle and Lions, it was a shootout. It was very, very high scoring. So if that's the case, then I, I like the odds for the Lions if they do win to win by six. So I'm that was a very different Lions team when that happened, though, John. I mean, defensively, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, you could just yep. see the, the mistakes all over the field. Uh, our coverage was terrible. We were getting gashed on third down. They were running the yeah. ball and scoring I think touchdowns. defensively that we're going to yeah. have Geno running for his life and our our secondary locking down their receivers. Frankly. Yeah, I'm right. very, very tempted to do what you just did as well and move that into our, my best bets. I'm not going to do it because six points is a lot, a but lot. I will pick, I will pick the lions to cover um, for my picks, but I'm not going to, I can't put in my best bets. I'm not as confident as you. Yeah. I had to go back and forth a bit on that one. Okay. We got Baltimore at Bengals. This is a great test for Baltimore, honestly. Um, both teams. Yeah. Great test for both teams. I'm, I'm interested. Um, I'm surprised again that the Bengals are, are a favorite after last week's showing against the Browns. I think, you know, Baltimore in a lot of ways plays a pretty similar style of football uh, to the Browns. I, I like Baltimore to cover here for sure. Um, and I honestly, I like Baltimore to win this game. Hmm. Um, it's a tough, it's a tough game. I'm going to, uh... I'm going to take Cincinnati to to cover this one. It's tough. Three and a half is a tough number, but Joe Burrow uh, losing back-to-back -back games. I think there's a bad taste in their mouth offensively. I think they're going to come out firing. They're going to take more shots down the field. Baltimore will play a decent amount of man-to-man -man on the back end, and I don't like when teams do that to Joe Burrow because he tends to pick you apart. So I'm going to go with Cincinnati to cover. Raiders at Bills. 
I expect the Bills to win. I don't know if I expect the Bills to cover um, after last week's game, or I guess yesterday's game as of us recording this. Um, I think I think minus nine is a pretty big spread. It's a big spread. Raiders cover it. Um, they're going to get pressure on Josh Allen as well. And I expect Josh to play a lot better, but I still think that that's a tough defensive line for him. And, you know, I think the Bills win, but, yeah, I don't think they cover um, Casey at Jags. This is going to be a fun matchup, a little bit of a potential revenge matchup for the Jags. Um, honestly, Casey covering or not to me depends a little bit on Travis Kelsey's health. I was none too impressed with Casey's offense, um, this past week. And obviously they, they have, what a joke say, Patty daddy is what the, the girls are calling. Yeah. So they got P- Patty daddy, obviously. So Honestly, I, I like the Jags to win this game. And obviously, then I, I expect them to cover too. Um, I think so do I, John. starting 0 2, that, that would be yep. interesting. I like hey, that. Dra- go ahead and drag that Jaguar head down into my best bets because right. uh, they will for sure cover. And I do like them to win this game uh, in Jacksonville, home opener for them. Kansas City, Kelsey, who knows if he's going to play or not. Even if he does, they, they also get Chris Jones back. Obviously, he signed his one year deal. Um, so it's going to be a very different Kansas City team, going to be much more competitive. But this Jags team is for real. They almost beat them at Arrowhead last year in the playoffs. People forget they were a unforced fumble away from winning in Kansas City. So Jags cover. That is in my best bets. Yeah, what, what gives me trepidation is just I think Casey's defense is a lot of speed that will be able to keep up with them. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I like that. I, I'm thinking about it as well, but I'm not going to go for it. Um, San Fran at Rams, uh, which basically this is a San Fran home game. If you guys have seen the past couple of years, uh, they just, you know, take the few hour drive up to LA and you see more red jerseys than the LA. The Rams don't have true fans in California. No, they don't. Um, and so I like, I like San Fran here. I like them to cover. I'm not adding that to my best bets, but I I think they'll win by a couple of scores for sure. Yeah, I agree. I'm not going to add it to my best bets. It's, It's a pretty large number. But uh, it, a lot of it comes down to, to McVeigh is a pretty familiar opponent with Shanahan. They know each other well. They think the same way. I think they prepare for each other each other very well. Um, but we've seen we've seen the forty the 49ers have kind of owned the Rams, and and that's whether it's played at LA or in San Francisco, <laughs> they own that state and they own the Rams. Um, Giants at Cardinals. The Cardinals being presented with another fleeting opportunity to potentially win a game um bringing what seemed like a giant team that did not have their shit together whatsoever last week uh to their home turf and yet i like the giants here and honestly i like them to cover i think the giants are going to be pretty pissed off that you know big brother dallas just beat the shit out of them at their stadium for 60 minutes and uh you know i think they'll, they'll end up coming away with this game um against a as we know, not very talented Cardinals team. Uh, John, let me ask you a question. We'll do a little deep dive here. Who was the Eagles' defensive coordinator last year? Um, the current, yeah, current Cardinals head coach. coach. Yeah. How did the Eagles' defense do against the Giants last year in their matchups? Uh, they crushed the shit out of them. Yeah, so I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover. They will not win. 
but I think they limit the Giants offensively. That guy definitely knows one thing, and that's how to figure out the Giants offense, which is very similar than the, to the offense they had. Well, let's just hope that nobody on the Cardinals defense has tummy aches then. I'm sorry. I'm making the same joke two weeks in a row. I can't resist. Um, but you know. I'm not putting in my best bets, but I think that the Cardinals cover. It's a home game. Arizona, I mean, come on. They're going to they're gonna hang around in some of these games. And if now, there's any games this... they're going to hang around, this next one is bold. I get that it's Jets at Jerry World missing Aaron Rodgers, but like th- we all just watched the same defense to do what they did against the Bills, right? Like I think this game, regardless of who wins it, is going to be more on the lower scoring side. Um, and so for me, not only am I going to take the Jets here, but I think I might add it to my best bet to build cover here. A- Holy shit. I mean, a nine and a half point spread against that defense. Come on, man. Like that's, that's crazy to me. That's my first reaction at least to it upon seeing that spread. So, oh man, 10 point favorites, 10 point favorites. Zach Wilson against that defense. Uh, you saw what Dallas they just did. To Daniel... You did. You saw what they just did to Daniel Jones, right? 40 Look, to nothing. And I'm, I'm worried about the, again, I, I don't think this is because the Jets are going to score a lot of points. I think it's that the Dal- Dallas will be held to scoring not so many points either. I, I just don't, I can't imagine that this is going to be a 40 to nothing kind of showing again. It just doesn't make sense with the Jets defense. So um, that's where I'm at. Shit. I'm going to take Dallas to cover, but I'm not going to put it in my best oh. spots, but. I'm gonna take Dallas to cover. I, I don't know, man. That's that's a. I get it. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But Zach Wilson is gonna be a deer in headlights, man. Like that defense is probably the toughest. With that offensive line too. Well, that defense is probably the toughest defense he's gonna see besides his own defense in practice. I don't want to put this into the air, but like. Zach Wilson could also suffer a very severe injury with this game. I mean, I mean, he's going to be running for his life. He's going to be running for his life, man. Like, I don't know. Bring bring back Flacco, baby. Bring him back. They're going to have to figure that out within the next like day or two, right? On who the next quarterback is. I mean, I think they have a third guy on the roster. Um, They do, but like that, they're going to need to have three quarterbacks, I think. Um, All right. Commanders at Denver. Somehow the commanders are a favorite for this game, I guess, because it's just how horrible Denver is. Um, is that is that right? I can look at it. Yeah, we, I, I trust Drew, Drew. Put this one together because that um, seems that seems fishy, right or no? I don't know. I mean, Denver. Because if that's true, we got a best bet. We got a best bet alert coming. My coming from me. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. It seems a little bit weird that the, the commanders would get three and a half points in that game. Yep. You're right. Hey, I did yeah. this twice last week, so I'm not going to count it against drew. Um, but yeah. Okay. That makes a little bit more sense. And in that regard, I would say that honestly, the commanders probably cover. So, I mean, I think they could eat, I think they could potentially win that game, but being minus three and a half, I wouldn't, I'm going to go that. Broncos to cover and I'm going to still take it to my best bets. Interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I had you guys reel in there, didn't you? Um, yeah, no, the Broncos cover. Russell Wilson does enough. Commander's offense struggles like crazy against this Broncos defense in the mile high. Um, Miami at Pats minus two and a half. 
I think I got to go Miami here and I got to add them to best bets because if I think they're winning, I think they're winning by more than a freaking field goal. Once again, this is video game offenses we're looking at here. I'm just, I'm surprised with the strength of, you know, some of these teams, either offensively or defensively, that the spreads look the way, the way that they do, honestly. You know what, you know what stops video game offenses? Is reality defenses. defenses. Yeah, yeah, reality defenses. I'm going to go the Patriots to cover the two and a half. Uh, I'm not going to put in my best bets, though. Okay, okay. We got Saints at Carolina. I like them to win this game just because I think after Carolina's offensive showing, I mean, they're going to struggle to score any points um, against the Saints defense. Um, I'm expecting this to be another low-scoring, brutal game, though. So while I think the Saints should cover, I'm not going to add that to my best bets. Uh, I'm going to have the Saints cover as well. Kind of a shitty Monday night football game, if we're being honest. I know for you, you'd love there's to watch the Saints. This, yeah, I don't know shit. why. I don't know why that. there's two of them. I kind of like that, though. I like that a lot, actually. More football, the better. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. two divisional games, too, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah. I, I'll take the Saints to cover. I'll take the Saints to cover. And then, John, in our next game, Browns minus two and a half at Pittsburgh on Monday night, uh, the second of the Monday night games. I'm um, going to go with the Browns to cover. And- best bet yeah i was i was expecting that i'm gonna i'm gonna stave off from the browns on my best bets here but i do like that one as well kenny pickett uh, against that I? pass rush is gonna be actually gonna jk be i'm i'm adding it to mine too oh like too much that's the very worst i can hedge if we're both wrong we're both wrong if we're both right we're both right but got to make up some ground here some way or another so everybody Thank you very much for tuning in. That is feels good. Feels like we're back in the same old rhythm of covering a bunch of games, looking forward to covering games, previewing games, college football, NFL football, merch updates. Joe Svengirls on the show. Back to our midseason form already. Season and what a week one it was. Um, College football continues to get more and more exciting. Obviously, every week, guys, tune in. Every week, we do our episode. Um, and we cover everything football related every single week. So yeah, if follow us not, if you don't. Yeah, if you have us. not subscribed to us or followed us, please do it. Get involved in the comments. Let us know why we're wrong about your favorite team. Let us know why you're right about the team that you hate. We're all here for it. And, and please uh, stop putting me as the starting hate comment in uh hype videos for Anthony Richardson. Like, no, keep doing that. It's good want- for the pocket. Good for the program. Uh, Mark, you got to know what you signed up for. Um, dude, I guess, (laughs) I guess, nah, you're, you're, I repped the shirt too, just to honor the dolphins, by the way, I didn't even get a chance to say it, but it's a dolphin, 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 dolphin. get it? It says golfing, get it? The golfing dolphin. It's my, it's my way of honoring Tua because I always slander Tua and he, he earned my respect this week. We'll see if he does it against the Patriots. You're about a year late to that, but I'm still here. Hey, we'll see if he survives a season, you know? Yeah, that's a big thing. Uh, definitely getting through. Let's let's hope he makes it through like fifteen or sixteen games without. Let's hope he makes season. it through Foxborough and Bill Belichick's dialed up defense. I like it. I like I like his odds there. So we will see you guys next week with some good old football talk, football previews, and a, a merch drop that you can actually go and spend money at on rather than just kind of you know marvel at the the beautiful art that we put together for you all to wear. Peace. Peace out, guys.